0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Movie Magpies, where we will be discussing The Mitchells versus The Machines. I'm Monique, and I'm here with my co-host Will. How about we just get right into it?
1: Okay, so for most people, they will have watched the film. As this is the in-depth, we will be spoiling things. If you don't know already we spoil stuff in the in-depth review but for those who do not know but are happy for it to be spoiled what is the Mitchells vs the Machines
0: so I gave the Netflix summary in our review so I might just spitball here the Mitchells vs the Machines is a movie about a girl who is really really sick of her family and about to move off to college which is the equivalent of uni for us I believe and she has a very bad relationship with her father. Her father takes measures into his own hands to try and fix this relationship by putting them on a cross-country road trip to her university. Except yeah. in the middle, a robot apocalypse happens and they all have to become a team and save the world.
1: Yeah, pretty a pretty solid summary, I would say.
0: little on the long side, but... Yeah.
1: There are hijinks, there is danger, there is love between family members.
0: It is a very wholesome family story at its core.
1: Yeah, and I think that's, that's an undeniable truth that whether or not any of our criticisms land for any of you or have any weight, I think this, at its heart, the film is still wholesome and enjoyable to a certain extent and it's it's still a upbeat and feel good film to watch
0: exactly yeah as much as we have gripes with it yeah it is still quite an enjoyable film yeah. it's just a little a little stretched from there's a, from a there's filmmaking lot in perspective, the perspective
1: there's a lot to it that doesn't need to be there
0: thanks for saving me belly yeah. me out there i had no clue <laughs> where i was good. going with that sentence apparently yeah. but yeah there's, it feels like they tried to stuff too much into one movie and then didn't really commit to any of it. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, absolutely. But with most, like, the the summary or the overarching themes of the positive stuff for, for this film, we might get into the, the more negative points that we found within this film. We'll get back to positives at the end because I've made a, f- a list of some good things about this film that I wanted to finish on because there's still good to be found in this film. I just think that it may have been overdone. I think too much about this film was overdone, for sure.
0: This, this is definitely a lesson in you can always have too much of a good thing. Yeah. Overexposure is not the best thing to do. It doesn't matter if you're making horror, family... Kids, romance, you don't want overexposure because it just means that your viewers are going to get a little sick of it by the end.
1: Yeah, and I also think that if you focus on adding more, then the stuff that is really important starts to lose, stops being maintained throughout the film. Mm-hmm, and you'll exactly. make mistakes because I wanted to talk more generally. First off about the film the film seems to prioritize spectacle over consistency and as a result there are continuity errors prevalent throughout the film.
0: Yeah, it was one of those things that we were talking about where there are definitely continuity errors. There's one that you specifically paused to point out to me. Yes. Yeah, which so I, is of yeah. course she's standing at the screen of this petrol stop as they're yeah. on their road trip just as the robot apocalypse starts, and she's yeah. facing she's the facing window. From
1: the win- no, she's facing away from oh, the window. Oh, she's facing
0: away from the window. Then
1: the and explosion then hits. Yeah. It, the
0: explosion hits, and it just cuts to a scene of her falling backwards as if she was facing the window Yeah. as it implodes into her.
1: Like- and usually I would, be, I would forgive this kind of issue, but as I've said before with the Surf's Up review and Spirited Away review, Animation is hard- it's hard to make those kinds of mistakes unless you just don't care. And that's what annoys me most of all, is that there are more continuity errors that I wanted to talk about, but because this film is an animation and they spent upwards of a hundred million dollars on it, they could have gotten this shit right. Exactly. And that's why it's so annoying.
0: That's the disappointing part, is if it had a lower budget, or was on a more rushed time schedule, you could understand a couple of the errors, Mm. but it just seems like they did not care about anything except getting the movie out to make money.
1: Yeah, because and what I found is that you can't use COVID as a response for this film. This film came out in 2021, but the release, you can blame on COVID. The rest of the film, you can't. And that's why, more so than anything, I'm still quite annoyed with it, and i like there are a few that i can just really quickly mark off there doesn't seem to be any noticeable realistic lighting with phones mm. in in more specifically scenes like the scene with mark so the inventor of pal and pal there's one scene just before his big conference where he's talking to her and there's no lighting from pal on his face and he's holding yeah, it right up to his face and it's just like come on you could have just added a glow a soft blue hue that's all you needed to do story-wise there are certain points that actually when you recognize them and learn to recognize these in film plot armor is a little annoying in this film
0: there's so much plot armor in this movie I am so glad that you brought it up it's I understand that it is a children's movie and it is rated PG so there is not a lot that they can get away with, but also the amount of times that they get into scraps that they should not be able to get out of and they're miraculously okay at the end.
1: That is good, that's a very good point. They ultimately they're cartoons as well so that's something you can get away with but they are rarely injured. What I mean by plot armour in this sense is that the enemies they're going up against are robots, robots with a very clear feature that we have seen multiple times. They have this instant capture device, which... It's basically Syndrome's ability to freeze people from long that range. That is
0: such a good comparison yeah. of what the ability it's, is.
1: Ultimately, and if it were an actual device, right. it's super useful, but... They, they u- don't
0: use it on the main characters.
1: Yeah, exactly. They never use the instant capture device on the humans unless you know they're going to get away f- from it at some point.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They usually go with hand-to-hand combat against the Mitchells Mm. most notably the first scene in the film where they go is that a car and they just let it run them over they could freeze that car in midair completely yeah and they don't because they're the Mitchells they're the main characters they can't be stopped because they if they get stopped the plot stops and another time where it's the more egregious with that is the ninja robots that are introduced in the later half of the film they're supposed to be these super threatening super lethal versions of the the simpler robots but they go non-lethal when they fight against the Mitchells as well so there is no scale of escalation because there's still no harm befalling the Mitchells at any point so there is no sense of tension or fear for these people because when the Mitchells arrive the robots won't attack them and you can pretend that it's the Asimov's law of robotics and that could be an argument against what I'm saying. But like I said, the main robots have non-lethal instant capture devices that they never use on the Mitchells. And it comes across as lazy screenwriting. And the truth
0: is that they use it on the Mitchells. It's so that one of the other family members can save... Mm,
1: Yeah. And it leads to my most egregious point of continuity. In the later half of the film, Mochi is used as like a protective shield because the robots can't discern whether it's a dog, a pig or bread, which is a very funny joke that eventually is run into the ground because it's It's really a very funny build yeah.
0: the first two times.
1: <laughs> the only problem with this idea and this turn is that when we're introduced to the robot takeover, the only member of the Mitchells family that gets captured by an instant capture device is Mochi.
0: Because he's in- a dog and he just sits in it.
1: Yeah, well, no, we- which indicates that the robot saw him, picked him up and put him into an instant capture device.
0: They didn't put him into the instant capture device. The instant, sorry, just to rebut your point a little here. No, he. the instant capture device was on the floor because they were going to put the kid in it, possibly. And Mochi kind of walked in and sat in it. And they were trying Mm -hmm. to get Mochi out, but it registered that there was a weight in it and the thing snapped closed. So they grabbed his leash to try and like pull him out. Yeah. yeah, but it so also, he wasn't ever actually put in it. It was, was just kind of on the it. ground, and he walked into right. it because he's a dog.
1: But it also, but it still has this issue that we we aren't introduced to this ultimate secret tool Weapon, to beating the yeah. robots, yeah, until halfway through. Well, like uh, the later half of the film, and there were multiple chances for the ro- for the robots to have made eye contact with Mochi. and it just d- never, like in the early part of the film, it never has a consequence. the robots seeing him until it becomes and then suddenly at the
0: sort of exactly which they do a lot in this i think Hmm. one of the more it's a funnier one because it's very very cute but a lot of the things that should be why do i always want to say pavlov's gun you said it one Uh, time and i can't get it out of my head Chekhov's gun is they have this very specific, very, very fancy screwdriver, and everybody in the family has one. Because Rick is an every... Yeah, Rick is an every man, dad, and he thought it was very important for every single person in his family to have their own version of this screwdriver on them at all times. Very funny kind and, of heartwarming. Yeah. So annoying that at the yeah, very end it's, it's like, you could only get out with this specific brand of screwdriver. Just say, man, if only someone carried around a screwdriver, you still get your funny I'm an everyman who always has a screwdriver, but it doesn't feel as bashed over the head.
1: Yeah, well <laughs> it's it's the prob- the problem with this Chekhov's gun is that it's not a Chekhov's gun in no. the same way most things are. Because it is such a specific tool it's a screwdriver with a very specific head and it comes in as a deus ex machina right at the end of the film which means that the introduction and use of it prior to these points have been an attempt to create it to turn it into a Chekhov's gun which is a term known as lampshading in which something is so clearly pointed at but hidden from the characters as being important that It's obvious to the audience that this is going to be useful or prominent later on.
0: It's like in Knives Out. Yeah. Spoilers for Knives Out.
1: Where they have that that
0: giant... (laughs) Where they have that giant circle of, like, knives at the back. And there's this whole conversation that they have at the very start of the movie where it's like, Oh, I've been writing murder mysteries for so long that I almost feel like I couldn't figure out the difference between a prop knife and a fake knife. That's a good Chekhov's gun. Because he turns to the knife wall and pulls one out and goes to stab our main character. Yeah, And it's a false prop knife. Because who would have a a wall full of real knives in their living room?
1: Yeah, that's a really nice use of foreshadowing for what would happen later in the film. And it de- mm. definitely doesn't lampshade the audience in any way because we don't know that's going to happen.
0: No, we don't know where the movie's going because yeah. it's this half murder mystery, half almost trying to get away with murder. So yeah. it's half who who done it and half oh god, I hope they don't find out that yeah. I done it. <laughs> yeah, and you never really know where the twists and turns are gone, but they're very definitely there on like a second watch and. Yeah. Then you come to this movie and they're like, look at this very specific screwdriver that we have that we're yeah. going to use to screw nails into plywood. What? Yeah, the that heck doesn't, are you that's doing?
1: remarkably stupid.
0: Pardon? You're trying to, like, board the doors shut with yeah. wood and you're using a screwdriver? Though, admittedly,
1: that's... a screw would definitely hold the board for longer than a nail would, but it doesn't matter because it's so, so blatantly put there. As with the clear intention of making sure that we know that it exists and that it's there.
0: Exactly. And then even once they've made that intention clear, they have to go ahead and just to be doubly sure, double down on, like I said, they don't just say, oh, the only way you could get out of this is if you had a screwdriver on you. Yeah. Uh yeah. No, they're like, the only way you could get out of this is if you have the very specific screwdriver that we have with the very specific head.
1: And I think you and I agreed that with this, we can lean into the next point, that this film is never subtle about its story points. Yes, it, 100%. It, it's really blatant with them. And I think that's that's such a poor way of writing story, honestly. I think
0: one of my favourite completely not subtle points is they've just had this actually incredibly good piece of character development for Katie where she's yeah. realised that she's taping over old family videos and she takes a second to watch them and realises that the little yeah. moose that she used to have as a kid was actually the last part of this house that Rick, her father, built just yeah. before you know she was born that they had to sell and move yeah. obviously because they just had a child and it wasn't.
1: That's weird that he didn't For just whatever build another reason. wing to the house.
0: Well, yeah, that's the thing is you. We don't know why they had to move. Maybe yeah, it wasn't child actually, safe. Maybe it was too hell. far why away do you
1: from on school. The, why did he give up on his dream? Sure, the distance to schools, but ultimately, it's weird that he gave up on his dream when his dream could have facilitated a child.
0: Yeah, it's.
1: Because the house they move into is not much, not that much bigger.
0: I don't think it is bigger. I think oh, it's shit. possibly smaller. <laughs> I just... Because like, he made like a cabin in the woods, basically. And move? he was super proud of it. And he rips off these little... Oh, yeah. in... You know how sometimes on railings, when you get to the top, there's a pillar with like a giant yeah. sphere on top of it for no reason? I think it's... It was like that. Yeah. But the spheres were little moose.
1: Yeah. And
0: he took one of the moose spheres... I don't yeah. know why I'm keeping up with this specific description and like gave it to Katie as a child's toy when yeah. she was little even though it was his favourite thing because it was the yeah. last thing that he had left of his dream before he gave it up for family and it's very heartwarming she realises that her father's loved her this whole time and that he's always trying to do the best for her and she just didn't see it because when yeah. you're a kid you don't realise the extent of the things that your parents do for you that's mm. just being a kid Pretty much. And then they turn around and the dad's like seeing the giant creator that started this whole apocalypse watch one of the videos that Katie's made. And instead of it just being like, oh, people do watch Katie's video and they do give people joy. She can actually do something with this career she wants to do. It turns around and is like, here is a very specific scene of this dog cop where dog cop is talking to a character very much based on the father, and the father's like, you shouldn't go away to cop school. You'll never turn out to be anything good. I can't believe you should stay here with us and be stuck and stagnant forever. And it's like, can you stop bashing us over the head with literally the worst point possible? It could have just just, been oh, she can make a living from this stuff, but instead it's, she can make a living from this stuff, everybody likes it, and you're a shitty father for wanting to keep her from her dreams. Like, yeah. t- calm down.
1: and Chill. Like, that scene specifically almost feels like the creator's last-ditch effort at trying to present this, the the main issue of the film, as being a mutual misun- uh, mutual lack of communication between Katie and Rick, and it's not. It, they no, did there so is, much characterization uh, of Rick that it ends up being Rick's kind of the hero. Katie is a secondary antagonist. And yeah.
0: it even becomes. With, yeah. Katie is a very, very moody teenager that wants to go off to college and pursue her dreams. The dad is rightfully worried about her, but doesn't actually understand how to verbalize that properly in a way that she won't get mad at him. And yeah. at the very end, they're like, oh, but he was wrong too, because he didn't understand her. It's like, yeah. of course he didn't understand her. He was just trying to look out for her.
1: Yeah, and like all, everything that Rick kind of does, it comes from a grounding that you can understand in a roundabout way. You can le- you can understand how he led up to that point and you can understand why he reacts the way he does. With Katie, it's almost more unless you're you admit or recognize that a lot of what she does is out of a... Selfish desire and not necessarily selfish in a negative sense, but in a self-serving desire to move away from home and Be with people who she believes will understand her better
0: Yeah, she names the group chat of all of the people that she's never met in person and have only been speaking to for a Couple days. Yeah, maybe two or so weeks. We don't know time is incredibly relative in this movie Yes, my people it's yeah,
1: like, and ultimately, like like I said in the review, in a film school, you're not gonna meet everyone. You meet is not gonna be exactly like-minded. I think with film, it attracts a great deal of different people and different perspectives, which is absolutely incredible. But the fact that they don't probably point that out is weird. Honestly, yeah, it's
0: probably one of the only majors where you can get such differing perspectives yeah. because a lot of other ones you're all going for the same roundabout thing but in film it's you could there are so many different genres that anybody could come and be like that movie that you like is trash because it's romance you know like
1: yeah people want to make films for hundreds of different reasons the belief that all the people who want to make films want to make them with the same intention of making the same kind of comedies as Katie, it would be incredibly unrealistic or unconvincing, honestly. because film is such a wide and broad area of the arts, I like went. I'll talk about from from my personal perspective. But for me, for, I wanted to make documentaries, and then I came to film school because you don't really go to documentary school. Uh, but
0: you're so sweet.
1: But I'm gonna ignore that. Um, <laughs> But then I met people who wanted to work in film, and some people who only wanted to work in short film because they felt it was the best medium to, to get their ideas out in such a small condensed package. Some people wanted to do film, but they wanted to be a first AD, so they actually wanted to do all the, not the paperwork behind it, but they wanted to do all the planning and talk to the actors and book locations and things like that, you meet so many different people. You also meet people who want to just be content creators, who want to just make a YouTube channel and post stuff. And that's fair enough. You can do that. I met people who just wanted to make music videos. It's such a broad field that the bit of this film that annoys me the most is that they just don't bother with that. They're like, oh yeah, all film students love Taxi Driver. I've never seen Taxi Driver. I never watched it while doing film studies. And they're all...
0: Taxi driver really. Or did they just go, It's a critically acclaimed film?
1: Taxi Driver done, is I... understandably a very good film. But we're not here to talk about Taxi Driver. <laughs> I think what makes it almost like a almost a secondary lack of characterization for Katie is that her people are all the same carbon cut out of each other. And what's insulting about that is that it presents this implication that the people Katie identifies with most are a grouping of people who lack any identity
0: and this is probably a really good point to move on to is a lot of the background characters have this t- like one-sided dimensionality they're all yeah. very 2d compared to the family they don't feel nearly as yeah, fleshed they out lack
1: depth to a certain the- extent
0: quote-unquote perfect family that is Mm. just a meme to be like oh your family isn't as good at ours literally come off as so genuinely upsettingly (laughs) off-putting because they're just one-dimensional their whole thing Their whole shtick is that they're the perfect family and everything that they post to Instagram is perfect. And instead of, like, playing on that and having that they meet on the road trip and they just took a picture outside in the gas station, but they come in and the kid is arguing with the parents because they wanted a specific candy and can't get it, they just decide to make them so incredibly shallow. Yeah. and
1: I almost feel like the dad is almost certainly a serial killer.
0: Because they're (sighs) just so weird about it he's so it.
1: prepared for if anything goes wrong but he doesn't talk when everything's normal I think that guy he's like the Patrick Bateman of serial killers he seems so normal but a little too normal I just like the family is the, the perfect family is just weird and I don't think they're the kind of people you want to aspire to be and I feel like no. Linda is misguided in that because I think she's one of the best characters and she wants to be someone who's vapid and narcissistic. That sucks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And by the end of the film, you can see that she's kind of a little disillusioned to them. Yeah. But only because the mum comes up and she's like, you saved the world. Yeah. I can't believe you did this. As thanks, I'm going to give you a one-time super special thing and follow you on Instagram. And the yeah. mum's like, you didn't already follow me? We're neighbors. We talk all the time. <laughs> and she's like, no need to thank me. No
1: need to thank un- you, yeah.
0: And the father in the background is like, babe, that was real big of you. Such a good, like, yeah. present.
1: Which I guess like, probably those- does lead to the point that they're not the perfect family because they're just these screaming narcissists who, yeah. who believe that following on Instagram, the family that saved the world, which also leads to another point where Katie will wouldn't need to go to film school after saving the world because ultimately I'm pretty sure since they live in America the White House would be like, "Yeah, make her a filmmaker. She deserves that." she wants much. to be in
0: film. Give her a real big budget to yeah. make a film about that one time she saved the world. I'm sure it'll be great. Everyone yeah. will love it.
1: But yeah, it's it it, it does suck that a lot of their side characters do not have quite as much characterization some characters like mark the head of pal has has a nice amount of characterization but it's also the sections with him in it are always so weirdly random where he like I'm specifically talking about the bit where it's just like they cover him in nacho cheese and then throw him in a toilet and it's just like this I mean it's very funny but also just so weird. It's such a weird point.
0: Yeah, and know. to play a little bit of devil devil's advocate, a couple of the more odd or out of left field jokes are probably more for children who yeah, are watching absolutely. the movie and they're usually instead the more of
1: funny for, parts as well. Yeah,
0: for people our age. But that's almost worse because all of the stuff that's directed at people our age, only like two of those jokes are funny. Yeah, and one of them is an entire scene about the robots being flight attendants for "Welcome to your trip <laughs> yeah. to the end of the world," you know, like.
1: Yeah, I yeah I do find that section, that that scene really really funny just because it's probably some of the slightly darker humor in this film where they just show a flight attendant scene or a taking off video that you would see on an airplane, but it's the robots explaining what's about to happen to humanity, that they're going to be launched out into space forever.
0: Mm. It's incredibly funny, because Mm. I think we, I said this in the review, but this is a very much boomer humor type (sighs) of vibe. They're like, make a joke at one point where the Wi-Fi goes down and everybody turns into Lord of the Flies and are putting laptops on spikes and completely devolving society yeah. and then the other side of the boomer humor joke is they're like oh Rick is a dad and he can't figure out how to search something on YouTube yeah. stress you know and it's so weird but this flight attendant that, scene
1: that's one of the bigger jokes that do, do genuinely land I think yeah really it, well.
0: it almost accidentally completely hit that sort of niche of humor that they were going for with the whole film where yeah. it's just just dark enough that people are gonna be like oh that's weird but also still incredibly amusing
1: yeah i think because we're onto the the boomer humor kind of section of this i wanted to talk more broadly about some of the jokes some of the main fallback jokes that are always kind of used in this film one of which being where they pause the movie and then make a quick god i i a quick meme joke and it's just it's just not funny it's just never funny where the movie will pause and then something will flash on screen and then the movie will start again and it's just it's just never funny at no point is it ever funny and for me it felt like if you had the the director sitting on the couch next to you and you're watching a film and then he pauses it and makes a joke and stares at you and I don't think anyone's gonna say that that's funny (laughs) in a way I think it's it's so annoying genuinely the film that was that cost fifty to a hundred thousand cuz they're not sure for some reason they're not sure on the budget It would cost upwards of a hundred million to make and one of the most consistent jokes that is used in it is pause the movie Meme, play the movie again and it's just like no I I don't want to
0: Oh, 100% (laughs) I think one of the things to say is it's almost like if you're watching a film with Leonardo DiCaprio in it and every single time one of the shots that has been turned into a meme of Leonardo DiCaprio we all know there's a lot of them they paused the movie and immediately started searching for that specific meme because they just had to show you like look look this screenshot that's the meme like we yeah. we don't care <laughs>
1: it's it's yeah and uh, there was a point i i wrote a note about it but after sitting through a series of jokes by the robots who are pretending to be human i remember that this film is almost two hours long and <laughs> yeah they they draw out jokes that just just don't that aren't funny and I'll, and it leads us onto the furbies the furby uh. scene which will lead me on to my pointless research but they, they include furbies in the film which is fine cuz ultimately Furbies are freaky little toys that should have never been mass produced.
0: They are the creepiest and
1: I want most
0: terrifying <laughs> adorable fluffy thing.
1: Yeah. But like the mall is plagued with them and
0: literally plagued. and like
1: their their presence is funny at first but then it continues to drag on and then I they think have they the were. super furby
0: yeah and that whole scene would have been funny except for some reason they take this incredibly odd turn with the furbies where yeah. we all know furbies can speak english it's one of the things that makes them terrifying yeah. is that sometimes e- they e- just e- turn e- on by the Yep. Yep. And they turn on them by themselves, they haven't had batteries in them for years, and they'll just be like Furby and you're like, Oh my god, that thing is. Sometimes if they
1: don't have batteries in them they work and it's because Furbies, this isn't my pointless research, but Furbies are the most easily possessed children's toy.
0: What the fuck? (laughs) I'm sorry. Back up the most possessed children's toy. Well most
1: easily possessed. None of this is based in fact. This is just my belief.
0: Okay. You said that this was part of your pointless research no, I said and now it's I'm... not part of my pointless research. Oh, okay. I thought you but... said it was. <laughs> I was like, what am I getting myself into? But
1: leading, we'll lead on to my pointless research because we're talking about Furbies. Furbies haven't been a thing for years. I know they're trying to revamp Furbies, but no one cares. No one wants a Furby. But this week's pointless research is dedicated to the references and jokes used in this film. They feel dated, don't they, Monique?
0: Yeah, so incredibly dated. Like the screaming monkey meme that I genuinely don't think I've ever seen in my time on the internet.
1: Do you feel confident in in stating that a lot of the references and jokes in this film are definitely not of the past few years?
0: No, early 2000s, the uh, earliest.
1: Are you, are you? Would you feel confident in being able to date these certain jokes and references? Is this
0: where you're gonna make Welcome a to this week's Pointless
1: Research. It's Pointless Research Trivia this week, and I am going to be asking Monique and you, the audience, if you can guess the year that these memes and references were actually prevalent.
0: Before we begin. I would just like to say, I understand, I am incredibly horrible at trivia, yes. I don't know shit about anything, and please this... do not come to me in the comments, I am incredibly fragile.
1: <laughs> and, and this is the big, the, why I decided to choose trivia, because you are notoriously... Not great at it.
0: We've been doing weekly trivia while we've been in (laughs) lockdown at work, and I consistently get one to four points out of 19.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, audience at home, feel free to join in. Actually,
0: feel free to roast me in the comments. I'm fine with it.
1: (laughs) No, don't. I don't think anyone's going to do necessarily well. If you do, let me know. But also be honest, because I know that most people probably aren't. Anyway.
0: Honest system here. Anyway... I'm ready.
1: <laughs> Let's get on to this. So we'll start with a reference. So a movie reference, and there are going to be a f- uh, quite a few movie references because it's this is ow. this is no, it's not that. Um, <laughs> this is a film dedicated to telling a story about a teenage girl who wants to be a filmmaker. One of the references is to The Shining. Monique, can you tell me when The Shining came out? Uh... <laughs> don't you don't have to give.
0: 2007? 2007?
1: <laughs> Is that your Maybe. guess? Yes. The Shining came out in 1980.
0: i knew it was old but i couldn't remember how this is not gonna go well for me i hope you guys know this is exactly how every question is gonna go (laughs) i haven't seen the shining i should probably watch it it's like an iconic horror movie hey yes
1: it's quite iconic (laughs) all right so next one next one a next reference because a lot of them are references i'm gonna admit terminator 2, judgment day There is a reference to it right at the start of the film. When did Terminator 2 Judgment Day come out? And it's going to be the main point of these questions is when did these things come out?
0: Uh, So when did
1: Terminator 2 Judgment Day?
0: I don't like this game. I'll let
1: you you have a general ballpark figure. I'm going to give you a little bit of leeway. If you can get it in the right decade, you will get a point. Uh,
0: uh, It came out in the...
1: 1970s <laughs> 1970s? I'm gonna give you I'm also gonna give you an opportunity to like, who wants to be a millionaire to lock it in, so are you sure about that?
0: Uh, no, I'm not sure about anything, okay. but it's what so, I'm going with
1: Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Arnie Arnold Schwarzenegger, so that during his they... period of prevalence which wasn't the Serum just just a little hint
0: Well, fuck me, I guess <laughs> I was so aggressive. I'm so sorry. You're right. You're
1: right. <laughs> so n- not 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 the '70s. Maybe a little more recent because Arnie is still alive.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't age. He just looks. Well, the yes, same. he does.
1: He very. He, if you've seen a picture of him now, he very clearly ages. Terminator I remember two... he
0: was in a SpongeBob movie. So yeah.
1: No, yeah, yeah. oh, that was David Hasselhoff. Damn it. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is the Terminator. Well, oh God. I haven't seen any <laughs> of the Terminator movies. Well. Okay, well, I'm going to let you guess. I'm going to let you guess now.
0: I guess. Okay, well, um, uh, I'm going with the 2000s again. 2000s? Like, 2001.
1: It was 1991. <laughs> so,
0: no. I was. Closer.
1: <laughs> Alright, next next one. Isle of the Snake People. Katie this, have... Katie, this 18-year-old girl references Isle of the Snake People. When did Isle of the Snake People come out?
0: I genuinely have no clue. I it's haven't even heard decade. of
1: this movie before. <laughs> Give it a
0: guess. Can I have a hint?
1: Yeah, you were on the right track with Terminator 2 Judgment Day.
0: The 1970s?
1: Correct, 1971. That is one (laughs) point. (laughs) I didn't realize. What a hint. (laughs) Look, I am going to be kind because ultimately I would be surprised and and there are 21 questions, so...
0: 21 questions. Well there are
1: 21 references, so let's get Will through um... this. Dial M for Murder, right at the start of the film, this little Katie in a flashback of her being a little girl made a film called Dial B for Burger. That is a reference to Dial M for Murder. When did that come out?
0: Like the 60s.
1: Ooh, pretty close. It's
0: 1954. Oh.
1: Alright, she also later in the film has a book, The Art of Film. When did that book get published? You got this, come on. You got this. The Think 70s. about it. A book. 70s? Maybe. Do you want to lock that in?
0: Ooh, the 19th century. Yes, I'm booking it in. <laughs> locking it in? <laughs> I don't
1: It is the 1990s, sadly.
0: Unfortunately. Rah-
1: Alright, she also has. Most of her films are parodies of the K collection. I wish I'd done a little more research on them, but it is. A, those are a series of films.
0: What are the. What is the K collection?
1: They're a series of films that are. I can. I don't. It'll take too much time to look up, honestly.
0: <laughs> if there's already 21 questions. Just go. got look them up. Are you. Genuinely looking it up right now?
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna find a conclusive answer. So, The K Collection is a series of films that came out earlier than the 2000s, around about your wheelhouse, and it is a. it came out starting from a certain point and then went till another certain point. So, if you get any date between these two times, I will give you the point.
0: Uh, it was from the 60s to the 2000s.
1: So it, so it was from the 1970s oh. to
0: 1998.
1: So I'm going to give you a point because you got that in the, around about that wheelhouse.
0: Dang. I was not. Yeah, this is. I'm not doing well. <laughs> it's
1: fine. There's a reference to They Live. When did that come out? The film They Live.
0: I feel like it's an old one because I've legitimately sure. never heard of it. So I'm going to go for the 90s. 90s?
1: Mm-hmm. 1988
0: To be fair That's yeah. very close to the 90s
1: <laughs> I will give you the point Because oh, ultimately this is the first time We're doing trivia And, ulti- and I think it's fair enough to
0: 1st uh, do... We're doing this again?
1: Yes, of course That's upsetting <laughs> if, if the people want it, of course But If next... the
0: people want to see me be very, very bad at trivia <laughs> I pity their judgment And I am more than happy to embarrass myself <laughs>
1: all right so next one is the one we've been talking about taxi driver when did taxi driver come out
0: can i have a hint for this one
1: <laughs> yes robert de niro he's still alive
0: the 80s
1: do you want to lock that in
0: the 90s <laughs> i'm going lock in the 90s maybe
1: did you get it a little further you're hmm? you're going in the wrong direction it was 1976 damn it all right moving on to quickfire rounds. Let's get a little quicker because uh, i still got quite a few of these to go. Oh, there's,
0: there's so much to do.
1: Bottle Rocket, the first Wes Anderson film to come out. When did that come out? Slightly more recent than the previous few. 2000s. 1996. Okay. Alright, Doctor Strangelove.
0: That one's gotta be an 80s movie.
1: 1964. It was black and white.
0: Well, <laughs> I recognize the name. So for the...
1: <laughs> If you haven't gotten it already, the purposes of this trivia is to highlight how old some of the references to, in this film are. And at this how point, young
0: I am feeling right now. At
1: this point, you are a kid of 1998, 1999 around thereabouts.
0: 1998, you got it right. You,
1: exactly, you're not you getting well. these references. No, <laughs> so I an, don't watch an stuff. So go into this with the perspective of a 19-year-old kid who is younger than us. Go into and... <laughs> this
0: with the perspective of someone who thinks that a phone has only ever been brick-shaped and <laughs> has never seen a flip phone or like a corded wall phone.
1: Yeah, they'll get slightly easier towards the end because I have a few I have some memes at the end, so they should be a little more carbon dateable. to
0: assume that I know anything.
1: Well, we'll find out. We're still in the difficult parts. We're on to Tron. Tron was a film...
0: That was like 2004, wasn't it?
1: That was the remake of Tron. Darn it! <laughs> the original <laughs> Tron that came out many years before that.
0: Well, then that one. Gonna give you a second the chance. The 90s. 90s. 1984. No, okay.
1: 1982. <laughs> <laughs> I just gave you insight to an answer into a later one. So hopefully you get that one.
0: D- great. I have no context. Next Let's
1: one. Go. Sun Tzu's The Art of War. That's a book.
0: That was like B.C. that, that was written almost. Yeah, that's correct. That was, correct. Like that was ancient days.
1: China. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to give you that one. Mad Max. So the original Mad Max. Not the new one. Not Fury Road.
0: The new one that came out like last year or so?
1: No, not the new one.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, that one was like the 90s. 90s? Mm-hmm. 1979.
1: <laughs>
0: Unforch.
1: Ghostbusters.
0: No, this one. You got this. You got this. Come on. Ghostbusters
1: is the 80s. 80s? Sadly, it is 2016.
0: 2016? No, I'm The only original joking.
1: Ghostbusters. No, I'm just joking. The original Ghostbusters was 1984, so you got that one correct.
0: Oh my God! You genuinely made me very upset <laughs> there. <laughs> I wanted to go. No, 2016,
1: because that's you gonna did. that's gonna piss people off.
0: It it pissed me off, and we're talking right right. now.
1: this one's not a film, referencing uh, Fredericchio Bellini, so an Italian filmmaker. So I want to ask you the period in which he lived. He lived between two points in time and then died. So he's not alive anymore. So if you can get any time within his lifetime, you get the point.
0: Like, the Elizabethan...
1: I'm, I'm looking for dates.
0: I know that you're looking for dates, but I haven't had much success with dates from the 40s to the 60s. 40s to the 60s? I think he's even older than that, but...
1: You got pretty damn close. So 1945 to 1992. So you actually got the first, the starting date pretty much right on. So I'm going to give you that point. Dang,
0: okay, I'm getting more points, I thought I would would get zero. I'm
1: not going to tell you your score yet. Uh, I
0: haven't been keeping track.
1: (laughs) We are now talking, I have, don't worry. That's good. (laughs) We have been talking about this for quite a bit, but 2001, A Space Odyssey. You haven't watched the film, but can you guess when it came out?
0: Well, it's called 2001, A Space Odyssey, so it evidently became before, so, the 90s? 1968. 60s? Yeah. Dang.
1: Dawn of the Dead. I'm going to try and quick fire these because we've got only. A Dawn few, of the like... Dead was in the 80s. 1978. Okay. So 70s. I'm not going to give you a point for that.
0: Nope, that doesn't matter.
1: The Batman TV series. Uh. 70s. 70s?
0: 1958. Dang.
1: Journey. So if you can guess their most recent album. Now, I'm going to give you a hint for this because uh, so far. You've not been doing great.
0: <laughs> we knew that I wasn't yeah. gonna do great, but what's my hint?
1: It is within your lifetime journey. Journey. Um, so the, I'm looking the, for the their nineties. most, their most well, recent. the most recent. Most recent album. So. Two
0: thousand and ten. The.
1: Two thousand and tens. Sure. It was two thousand and eleven.
0: That I said the two thousand and tens.
1: All right, I'll give you the point. As like a. I will a give whole. you the point. All right, all right, I'll give you the point.
0: I haven't been doing like proper dates we're now, here. I'm just going we're now
1: onto Memes,
0: Memes, let's go. I am an I internet got, person. I'm I've got not gonna two, get any of these.
1: I've got two memes for you. Yep. The screaming Gibbon meme. When was that popular?
0: Early two thousands.
1: Early two thousands? That's not a year. Not Wait, a...
0: you want years now? Of
1: course I do. Two thousand and four.
0: It was two thousand and nine. Okay, thank you. Can you tell that I'm just pulling these <laughs> I'm, right. I'm saying a random and, numbers.
1: And it's... now for our final question. The specific type of Furby used in the mall it had been discontinued when? What year was this specific model of Furby discontinued? And for this, if you get this right, I'm going to give you a thousand points.
0: A thousand yes. points. The okay. specific year it was discontinued. Specific years.
1: Yeah, specific year. Furby
0: Furby's was still around when I was little, so I'm going to say 2002. I pull way too much effort into that. I'm locking it in. I locking know what's it wrong.
1: So Monique, yes, with your final answer, out of a score of 21, <laughs> you scored a total of 1007, because you got that one correct. What? <laughs> the exact year was 2002, <laughs> in which the fobby was discontinued. <laughs>
0: I cannot believe I got that. I'm genuinely shocked.
1: You, you you managed to win the first round of Will's pointless trivia. Congratulations. Oh
0: Can we not do this again for a very long time?
1: We will be doing this again next week. No. Next um, week? No, I'm only joking. We'll find out. Um I might we do have, more... like,
0: at least a f- like <laughs> one episode in between but... these
1: ones as a buffer? <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. You won, though. So congratulations. I did win. I got you win... so
0: many points.
1: You win the annual Mitchell's versus the Machines trivia trophy, which is not real and is worth nothing.
0: Are you going to draw me the trophy? We'll see. I would like a drawing of my trophy, please. But
1: with all that said, that concludes my pointless research. As you can tell, audience, all the references are pretty fucking ancient.
0: Yeah, there weren't a lot of recent ones in there. In fact, yeah. the Furbies were probably the most recent.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Other than Journey stopped not releasing films after 2011... But it goes to show that so much of this film is, like, built around humour that someone older than both of us wrote, which Mm -hmm. doesn't do it justice. I think a lot of kids younger than us are not going to instantly get these jokes.
0: And so maybe they were jokes that were put in for the parents' benefits who have to go along with their children to see this movie. Yeah. But why are they so dang annoying?
1: (laughs) yeah it is it's one of these questions that i did have throughout the film where it makes me think who's the target audience for this film because it's so these references are so prevalent throughout it and sure you can pass it off as she's a she loves film and she's a film student and yada 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 that kind of stuff but all the films listed came out long before she was even born and as a result it has this presence of not understanding its target audience
0: you know it almost makes me dislike her more because now not only is she an aspiring film student who doesn't understand how <laughs> like being a film student works yeah. she's also super pretentious with her favorite films
1: yeah absolutely and it's 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 it is really weird and it also leads on to the to the final kind of part of what i recognized in the boomer humor kind of section is that it also sometimes feels like the film doesn't know how old katie is At points where she's little, when she's little, she's doing stuff with dial B for burger that most people probably wouldn't be able to do until they were a great deal older.
0: Yeah, it's super interesting that a lot of her more murdery, question mark, references are when she's younger, not when she's older.
1: But also I find that when she's still that young, so like kindergarten age, she knows how to use a laptop. And with that, people are going to also say kids these days are Zooming into class left, right, and center. This is 19 years ago. Or give or take, 1918 years ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. And even then, kids know how to use, like, iPads. Yeah. Their parents set them up on well, Zoom. Well, they, they
1: know how to use them now. Exactly. But, yeah.
0: But I was just playing devil's advocate No, no, for
1: absolutely. Robert. Yeah, but it's, it doesn't... It's weird because it doesn't track because Katie... Let's say
0: when we were, if we, because we're technically the target
1: yeah. demographic
0: of like Katie's age, if she's around her, you know, nineteen, so eighteen age, yeah. Well, yes. So she's eighteen, nineteen in the movie, which yeah. came out this year, and we're both early twenties. Yeah. So we're technically in the age group that she is. Hmm. I grew up with no phone, and then a flip phone. I grew up with dial up. Yeah. When I was a small child, the projector that they brought in which was just a giant magnifier with a light under Mm. it was like the peak of technology which does
1: make us sound old (laughs) yeah but but. (laughs) because i also i'm also aware that our demographic is slightly younger than us but so that you're aware audience around the age that katie was when she was very little she wouldn't have had a laptop, especially not one that sleek and slim. And if you argue, oh, this is an alternative universe because they have robots during this age and and we don't, shut Elon
0: up. Musk. <laughs> was,
1: yeah, shut up, up Elon Musk. Sorry. I was about to go on a title. Shut up Elon Musk. Good that you cut me off. No, it's like, yeah, sure. But you also have to have this projection of realism because the car is old. And the dad hasn't gotten rid of his old car and it's considered outdated. He also can't use
0: technology as if he didn't grow up with it. So technology evidently wasn't prominent in the age where she was little. Because that's when it would have been easiest for him to pick up the skill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the problems with establishing rules of your universe is that you have to follow them. And even though this film has robots and high-tech AI, it still came from an origin Where technology evolved very similar to our world until this final point with PAL and the robots. And even then, we still have some close links where we could be getting robots similar to this in the future with Elon Musk's service bots and things like that. But with that all said, it just, in terms of the writing, it comes across as the writer not understanding. The target demographic and as a result the story really suffers for it. But as we're getting close to the end because that trivia did run a little bit over, which is ultimately my fault.
0: Twenty one questions, William.
1: I thought we were gonna be quick. It's not my (laughs) fault. (laughs) But it is
0: not your fault. It's not my my fault. fault. I I didn't know we were doing trivia.
1: Do we wanna get our final thoughts out and talk about some of the things that we did like?
0: Yes, so I did actually want to mention a couple positive yeah. points in the movie. I'm literally just going to list them, almost dot point style, of the parts of the movie that I found extremely funny and that Will definitely called me up for and knew yeah. that I would find funny. Linda, the mother, they're getting chased through the mall and she sits down on a massage chair and when Katie tries to pull her out of it, she's like, no, because <laughs> yeah. it's going and it's very comfortable. That's hmm. a mood. Uh, the washing machine sets itself from, like, delicates to carnage. And yeah. then behind it, a little, the thing, a blender says, yeah. and pesto, which is amazing. The router being broken also ruined the upload of the kill code, which pulled the plot along, but also was a nice yeah point of continuity, which is rare for this movie.
1: Yeah. And there are genuinely yeah. some really funny bits in this film for
0: sure. Yeah, like the air hostess scene, mm. the animation style for the rhombus is amazing, I oh, really yes, really like cool. it and Katie doing the fall and dog cop is behind oh, yeah. her on the giant screen, big Into the Spider-Verse uh, vibes oh, yeah. and well, I quite yeah. enjoyed it.
1: What's awesome is that it was it's the same studio that I made Into the Spider-Verse so they can do visually stunning scenes and that one is just one example there are definitely scenes in this film that are visually really nice to look at there's one scene when they're refueling and it's just it's lit by the interior car light and it's it's still visually beautiful and worth looking at because it's just there are some genuinely nice looking parts to this film Mm -hmm, so i definitely don't hold anything against it the animation style is really unique and very and very compelling to watch I don't think at any point it feels irritating or jarring like some animations, the animation doesn't falter at any point in the film, I really think the most consistently good part of this film is the animation, it's solid
0: 100%.
1: and I mean the animation style I know there are continuity er- er- errors and issues but the animation sticks to what it believes well it sticks to the assignment when it comes to stylization and the appearance of characters and vehicles and landscapes and it all looks really really nice some of it i will admit some of the faces of characters is a little bit freaky i think the mother of the perfect family is a little bit horrifying honestly because her face is just really long
0: yeah it kind of almost blends into her neck anyway
1: other than that (laughs) The film looks really, really nice, so I'm not going to hold anything against that. I think some of the rhombus stuff looks really, really cool. There's a really awesome neon vaporwave kind of style to it, and as a stylistic choice, you can't go too far wrong with that. I think, all in all, this is a really nice looking film that, though it's let down by certain aspects in the story, it's still absolutely worth watching. For a understanding of animation and modern animation, because it definitely does a lot there. Some of the characters are really fun to watch. I think Linda and Rick are two really nicely characterised individuals in the film. Who and they
0: work really well as a couple together, which is yeah, cheap.
1: absolutely. I don't believe there at no point did I disbelieve that the, these two would get together. They kind of seem like a perfect coupling. And as Mm -hmm. a result their kids ended up being byproducts of their personalities and that's believable and likeable and realistic and I think that's all really great. Mochi is fun and as a little dog I don't think it takes up too much of the spotlight and I think that's important.
0: He took up all the spotlight for me, he has a special place in my heart.
1: But with all that said, I think we should wrap up. Do do you have any final thoughts
0: for... I do have a couple final thoughts on this one, and I will make it super brief because we did take up a bit of time with trivia. But I really like that the family are all evolving and growing through the movie. It's very, very subtle, and because of the continuity errors, sometimes it's a little harder to see. But there's definitely growth with all the characters, even the mother. Sort of at the end there when she realises... She puts a photo of them in the paper saying they save the world, but she picks a non-too-flattering one because yeah. it's the one that most best represents her family. It's not the prettiest one. Mm. And it's That's a really, awesome really feel-good movie. It does kind of bat you over the head with its morals and its sort of through-line yeah. story, but I still really, really like it. It's a little hard to take seriously, but it is a kid's movie, and it's yes. still fun to watch. Absolutely. Just... Last thing, Rick says Robert instead of robot. Oh, he yeah, says Robert. like, Yeah, robot. And I think that's amazing for mm. a dad that doesn't know technology. Is this one of these Perfect. robots? Perfect. Yeah,
1: it's very funny. Yeah. A plus. <laughs> Is, is just a nice little bit. But with that said, do you want to provide the new hint and close this out?
0: Right. So our old hint was another film where a young daughter wishes to separate herself from her family and her dreams are always in question while their families are brought together with one big lie. And our new hint is a teenager who considers ghosting her parents finds herself at an impasse where befallen by beings that are unlike what she's used to.
1: Hopefully you can figure that out with the old hint hopefully you guys had a few guesses i know personally on fire giggles stream we had a fun bit of time trying to figure it out yeah we had we had a we had a had a real time (laughs) trying to figure it out and ultimately me not giving anything away it's a lot of fun but if you want to guess i'll I'm more than happy to hear guesses, I won't give anything away, but if you give a good guess, guess what? You get a thousand points.
0: And a thousand points means so much in this universe. (laughs) Yes.
1: It does. You you don't know what those points lead to.
0: I don't. I'm hoping it's a really, really badly drawn picture of a trophy though. (laughs) It will be. Anyway, if you would like to find us on social media, you can find myself on Twitter and Instagram at Nexatai. And is Will it? is <laughs> Grey Mouse Inc. on Twitter and Will underscore Mortlock on Instagram. I'm much more active on Twitter, he's much more active on Instagram, and please do come and follow me on Twitter because I give updates on when episodes are going up, I do hint refreshes, and we're about to start doing some polls to see if there's any movies that you would like us to review.
1: But with all that said, thank you all so much for listening, we love doing this, and sorry that we had to Take just a quick break for a week. We will try to be consistent, but you never know. Life is life. And we will do what we can to stay regular. But thank you so much for listening. We are very grateful for each and every one of you. But we will see you next week. See you then.